because the readings today do talk about very relevant topics, especially as you get to like the end of the year, November slash you're getting to Advent, and you do hear a lot, the theme is about death and about the end of the year, the end of time, the end of life. What, is, what do we know about that? What do we believe about that? And you might say that, well, I think the church should just let everybody figure, out it, figure it out for themselves because it doesn't really matter. We can each have our own belief. Then you listen to Jesus speak about it with such conviction. There's no doubt in his mind about the resurrection from the dead, about what life is actually like in heaven and what is not like, in this case, regarding the question of like marriage and stuff like that in heaven. It's hard to understand, but I encourage us, like, this is a chance of the year to really go deeper in our beliefs and why we believe what we believe about not just Jesus and salvation, but even life after death. Why, for the Christian, death is not just a dark wall of sorrow. Why there's something more. But what it's worth, I was struck that, like, you can, if you want, there's so much reason given to us in the Old Testament of Scriptures, Jesus himself, like today's Gospel, where he says about life after death, the resurrection, all of St. Paul in the New Testament over and over again is like, if we've been baptized into his death, we shall rise into his life. And there's a conviction, there's a certainty, there's a joy. For the Christian, even at a funeral, there's a joy underneath our own sorrowful loss. Because on this side of death, we are sorrowful of losing the ones we love. But for them, those who are alive in Christ, there's only joy and the fullness thereof. Two images stuck with me because besides Scripture, Old Testament, Jesus Christ, New Testament, it's called the good news because it was such good news to know these things. You also know it, if you want to, there's evidence for it in creation around us. Bear with me, but I've always been fascinated by tadpoles or caterpillars, whichever one you want. But the idea that there's this life that they have, which is okay, you know, if you want to be a tadpole and, and pull and live in the swamp, it's all right, no big deal. Or a caterpillar, you're kind of sticky and, and mean and people step on you all the time and your life is so short, you hardly get from one side of the backyard to the other side before you're gone. But the whole point is that you're not gone. Like you quote unquote, we use the term die, but Christians said you fall asleep, an existential sleep, if you will, in the cocoon of the tomb and there's these little hints in creation that that's not the end. That there's more. And the caterpillar, sure, he has to die, but he rises to a glorified life. Greater than the one he had. The tadpole, as he swims around the swamp, wishing, gosh, what a miserable life I have. I wish I had a better life. Wouldn't it be nice if I could just, like, instead of swimming all day, having an aerial flashback, you know, up, what if I could be part of that world up there? Part of that world. Um, doesn't make sense that we have those longings in our heart if we're actually made for a greater world, a greater life. And the answer is, you are. The last example I was struck with earlier today is that every single human culture, in Chinese culture, Alaskan culture, South American culture, Australian culture, there was always this tendency to bury your dead. There was always this, like a sense, innate, not artificially imposed by some religion or other, a natural sense. That's why Aristotle would say, if something happens in every different place and at every different time, it's not artificial, it's natural. There's a natural sense that there's more. So there's all the evidence you want, if you want it, 
And then God himself says, you know what you th thought there was? You know, you have this sense that there was more. You have these evident signs in creation. Let me show you what it is. And that's what we have with the revelation of God and Jesus Christ rising from the dead. So take all that for what it's worth. There's the evidence. Make your choice. What is your faith? And you adjust everything according to what has a solid foundation. Why, when I approach death, it is a loss, but it's also a gain. Why, when my feelings want to lead me, hashtag feelings again, we talked about that, feelings, they want to lead a certain direction, and I channel them according to the truth. When I want to weep, it's okay to weep and mourn to some extent, but it's also right to pause for a moment and maybe celebrate. Not because I feel like it, but because I know something is true and good. We give thanks to God because it was at the price of His own beloved Son that we have received that gift that we always long for. It's through Him, with Him, and in Him that we get these tastes of heaven. When you are blessed to perhaps witness the birth of a child, and you receive that child, and you hold it, and it's screaming and crying. Somebody remember the 1980s movie, Look Who's Talking, Bruce Willis? The baby's born, and he, Bruce Willis plays the voice of the mind of the baby, right? And, and the mommy's holding the screaming, crying baby, and you hear the thoughts of the baby, put me back in there! Why'd you take me out of the womb? I was happy! I had the perfect life! I could sleep all day, be so comfortable, get all the food I want. Put me back! I don't want to be in this new situation. Interesting that as we go through life, you start to hold on to things of this life, your Xbox, your baseball, your relationships even, as good as they are. We hold on to things as life. We consider death to be the end, but what if death, according to the entire revelation of God, is actually just a new birth to a higher life, to His life, eternal life? Don't sit there fighting it necessarily. When it's my time, especially for us as Christians, it's a glorious moment. It's not the tragedy that our secular society tries to paint it as, this dark, utter ending. For us who stay on this side of death, yes, it's hard, it is hard to let go, but if it's my time, what's coming because of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, holding on to Him, what's coming to me is a tremendous gift. You're not going to get to heaven and say, put me back on earth, I love my Xbox. You can have like 20 Xboxes, I don't know, whatever it is. Whatever you need for heaven. But it's going to be the thing that you're like, wait, why did I worry so much about this? This is awesome. Look at how much love is in heaven compared to the glimpses of love on earth, compared to so many disappointments in love. Look at this love in heaven that does not disappoint. Look at these joys of heaven that do not disappoint. So if all that was lost on you, um, you can probably watch the movie Coco, Disney's movie Coco. It's, it's reminding us, not only do our loved ones, they're, they're out there somewhere in heaven, wherever that is, but actually, heaven's right here, and there's an overlap between the living and the dead. Even the movie touches on this bread through which we partake of that divine life. The Eucharist, we'll leave off with this, the Eucharist is called Holy Communion. What does that mean? It's communing with, it's gathering with, sharing life with 
Jesus Christ, and all who are alive in him. Where are the dead in Holy Communion? They're right here. Right here. We call it viaticum, or food for the journey, because when you're driving from Louisiana to Disney World, and you get through to some podunk town in Alabama, or Bucky's, you get to Bucky's, and you want to stay there and make that your vacation in Bucky's, why would you want to stay in Alabama? They lost, just so, I think they lost. Anyway, things some, okay, anyway. So you, your, your child is like, I hate, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you're like, here, have some trail mix, kid. Oh, okay, I'm good. I can make another 10 minutes. Food for the journey. Holy Communion is to nourish us on the long road or the valley of tears that is this life to nourish our hope, to nourish our faith, to nourish our strength. Because let's face it, we go weak at times. We lose faith. We lose hope. We get into discouragement. Our feelings do take over at times. We need this food for the journey, this bread of life. And we pray in the Eucharistic prayer that we would be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, in one union, one family, in heaven and on earth, all together. We who, who partake of the body and blood of Christ may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. And we pray that by the help of your mercy, we would be free from all Sin and from all distress. Why that word distress? Because if you lose hope, then everything is about right now. And you have to be in total control of right now because this life is everything there is. And you're full of anxiety. The anxiety life has no hope. And the challenge for the Christian is to be free from all anxiety. As we await the blessed hope, and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We can make it through the topsy-turvy storms of this life. We can hold steady on the course. We can let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Are you all tired of hearing that yet, by the way? <laughs> but it's real. We need that to be our strength. St. Paul says, if Christ has not been raised, Sadducees and secular society, if this is all a farce and there is no life after death, well, then vain is your faith, vain is our preaching, we're wasting our time. Fire Father Steve and stop having him talk to you for 20 minutes because it's a waste. Because there's no resurrection from the dead, there is no hope. Live for the moment, stamp, stomp, stomp on your brother and get what he has because he's not going to need it. You need it, it's all about you. And vain is our faith, and we are the most pitiable of creatures. But rather, Christ has been raised. He's the first fruits of the harvest. And we will all share in that joy with him. And we share in it even now. I'm closing, don't worry. But I was struck, ever lose Cox internet? Ever lose internet at your house? I said Cox, I'm sorry, I'm picking on Cox. But AT&T, whatever, if you lose that, and you're trying to do your work in the office, and you can't because you're disconnected from the real world of the internet, I grant you that the internet's not real, and this world is more real. But if you turn it around, heaven is the real world. And when you find yourself struggling to live the Christian virtues and Cece's throwing a hissy fit because she's lost all hope, we need to reconnect, poor Cece. We need to reconnect to the real because that's what nourishes us. That's what gives us what we can walk on so we can get the heroic and miraculous living done of the Christian life. Amen?